Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Black Health Academy podcast. The Black Health Academy is an affordable membership site and community dedicated to the health and wellness of the black community. At the Black Health Academy, our mission is to eradicate chronic disease in our community, chronic disease such as obesity, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes. Be sure to log on to theblackhealthacademy.com to join the academy, join in on a conversation, and get plugged into the community. Again, that's theblackhealthacademy.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'll be your host and Black Health Academy founder, Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Gifted with Jay. Today, we're going to deep dive into intimacy. How does intimacy, aka your connectedness with other humans, have a direct impact on your health? Jay, this is one of my most favorite topics because I think it's one of the most overlooked when we talk about health and wellness. Most people, nutrition, right. exercise, water, and now, and now there's a big movement with even eliminating stress. Absolutely. But that doesn't necessarily tap into the closeness you have with other people Mm -hmm. and how that might impact your health. Right. Um, So I think it's going to be interesting because have you ever noticed like maybe if you're kind of in a bad way with someone close to you in your life, you don't function the same? I don't know about like on the function as as far as like everyday tasks being different. But the way I think about things, like when I wake up in the morning, my thoughts may be more negative. Mm. Um, you know, because we're very conscious of our thoughts and self-aware. Yes. So with that, with me being so self-aware, I noticed, well, yesterday I would have woke up this way and I maybe would have had 16 ounces of water by now and I don't have it today. I'm thinking about this and I'm not doing that. So it affects me in that way, but I don't really know how it affects me as far as like my everyday day in and day out functions because right. a lot of things that I do it is based off of a need, a necessity, and it must be done. So I can't say, well, I'm not going to go to work or I'm not going to drop my kids off to school or I'm not going to cook dinner. Oh, a yeah. lot of things are, but it's in the manner in which you do them, the energy in which you do them that that's affected. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's that's the way I was referring to it as well. I'm not saying you necessarily don't get things done, but definitely like you said your mood, your in it, your attitude, your energy, your disposition. Right, disposition. Yeah, 100%. your Yeah, your disposition is very um is very different oftentimes when you are not in a good place with someone who's close to you or if you haven't really had the privilege of um, building a closeness with someone. I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about that, we might be referring to um, being, you know, maybe, you know, in a quarrel with someone, but some people just don't have close connections with other people. That is a new observation in my life. <laughs> really? I've always taken for granted. I, you know, it's so funny because I remember specifically when as soon as when my mother passed and I got a um, a message from someone that we were kind of close, not that close, mm-hmm. but I knew her kind of well through someone else and she had been around my family and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sent me a message saying, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry about your mom. Um, I always wish she was my mom. And I was instantly annoyed. Instantly. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare you? How dare you disrespect your mom that way? Like, how dare you say you wish someone else's mom was your mom? Right. How dare you? And I start thinking, like, I'm sure she did this for you and that for you. And then I told my sister, like, could you believe she had the nerve to say she wished our mom was her mom? Like, she had her own mother. Right. <laughs> like, why would you say that? That's not flattering to me. It's And to me, I'm thinking as if I were your mom, that's rude. That's right. me. I don't care. And, and, my, and Tosh was like, Jay, she didn't have a good, she didn't have a good mom. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like I take my relationships and I kind of insert them into other people's lives. Yes. And I forget that some people have very toxic, you know, relationships. Yes. And so they, and you, and you might carry those toxic relationships as a norm in your life. Yep. So with me, it's like when 
I'm half say if you and I have some some words, then some of my moves may become toxic towards myself because I'm always used to good energy and I'm like, I have to fix this relationship to feel right. Versus um, someone else may have so many toxic relationships. That means if you sever that relationship, you may do better. Yes. So it it, it actually depends. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It really, truly does. And I think we've just been really um, blessed enough to not have relationships that um, were that toxic that they require being severing versus repaired. Absolutely. You know, um, but uh, but also one of the things that I realized is that it could have went that way. But when you do self-development, you begin to nurture relationships and places that need to be nurtured. Yes. That, it could, that could have possibly went toxic had you not had self-awareness and say, you know what? I'm going because I've had a relationship like that mm-hmm. where I was like, you know what? This this relationship is worth salvaging, but here's what I need to do. Yes. Here's what I won't allow anymore. Here's what I'm going to address. Here's what I'm going to you know put on the table. What I'm going to fix, and and most most importantly, here's what I'm not going to do because I'm not perfect either. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying because. I value this relationship, and so I have to know my role in yeah. what's going and what's going on. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So that's part of self awareness as well. Just knowing that you can't always point the finger at the person. You really have to look inside yourself and see what are your contribu- contributions, good and bad. Absolutely, it yeah. takes a really mature individual and a lot of self awareness to be able to do that. Um, but before we get off on, because t- clear, we, clearly we're ready. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly we're ready. <laughs> Let's quickly deep dive into Driven. Driven is our segment where we highlight an individual or individuals in the African American community who have made a significant contribution to health um, and or wellness among our community and beyond. So in the spirit of Black History Month, I thought we would actually rattle off some really awesome inventions by African-Americans that most people don't know about. And some of these were quite a surprise to me. And I was you ever just be reading something and you get caught up in like your ancestral feelings and you just get proud. Yes, I remember I was talking to Morgan and she had a, a black history like project i literally got so overwhelmed with emotion i started crying <laughs> real tears real tears she was no. looking at me like uh this is awkward no i'm like i'm just overwhelmed at how far we've come and what we've been through <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. a real thing yeah we recently did a master class inside the academy about mental health and one of the things um we talked um, to Napoleon Herring, Napoleon Harrington about was ancestral and um, like emotions and baggage from our ancestors and being able to like generational stressors, like being able to kind of feel the pain, the excitement, the joy of your ancestors and how that manifests wow. in our mental health. I mean, we, it was a really, really good masterclass. And if you guys have not um, tapped into the Academy yet, I promise you it's the best $29 a month you'll ever spend because we sit down with some awesome professionals and really dig deep into some of these things. But Napoleon and I really talked about, you know, I was asking him about the root of mental health and is there some generational sadness that we could possibly be born with, you know, from like slavery and stuff and being able to feel those emotions and some, oh, it was so good and so deep because I've heard this concept before. And so I wanted to ask him as a mental health professional, as a therapist, what he thought about it. And he was 100 percent like, oh, yes. And we talked about it and it was, and I'm like, because I feel it in certain moments, you know, it's been times when I would hear Obama speak and I would just be like, wow. And, or, you know, something, you know, brutal would happen or we would celebrate a win in our community. And I would just feel something deeper than the moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, but even when, you know, we go through things in, in life and we're, 
unfortunately reminded of our blackness. Like no mm -hmm. matter how far we come, we have to be, you know, 10 times better. We have to be the whole package sometimes to fit in their world and, and to sit in their boardrooms. And, you know, when I read about, oh, this is the only black woman to be mm -hmm. at this company doing this, I feel some of that generational ancestral sadness. Like what Let's allows us to be connected in that way. Right. You know what I mean? That That's, is really interesting. I've never even considered that their emotions or their baggage, if, you know, if you will, or their fears, or their, even their dominance yes. can be carried over to what we're feeling today. And that makes sense. You know, it's, it's almost like uh, one of those... Um, Things like aliens or something. It's like a concept only some people can grasp yes. or can say, I can believe in that. Or can I, identify with I can identify with you saying that's that's not too crazy. It's not too crazy. It's not crazy at all, really. Yeah, and it's very possible. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that now and I'm very interested in hearing his master class because I know that he's gonna have so many nuggets and so many gems. Um, that he's going to drop. I yeah, can't oh, wait. You know Napoleon. Right. <laughs> you know Napoleon brings it. I love Napoleon. So guys, um, that master class is already up in the Scythe Academy. So the Black Health Academy dot com just click on enroll $29 a month you get access to all of these african-american professionals people who look like you sound like you and have your interests are invested in your health so um it's, it's a phenomenal investment because i'm bringing the best of the best people i've personally vetted and who i believe in so but let's delve into some of these phenomenal inventions jay um Check this out. Okay, you ready? I'm just going to rattle them off. Uh, and I hope you're just as impressed as I was okay. with all of the things that we've managed to do. So a black person invented the dustpan. That was Lloyd P. Ray. The ironing board was invented by Sarah Boone. The super soaker was invented by Lonnie G. Johnson. The mop was invented by a Thomas W. Stewart. Improvements on the refrigerator were done by John Standard. The automatic elevator was invented by Alexander Miles. The traffic light, Garrett Morgan. The gas mask, Garrett Morgan. Um, also, oh, this was a funny one. <laughs> Potato chips. Yay, I think. I think yay, <laughs> right. Or... We don't approve this message. Um, but potato chips were in, uh, invented by a black man named George Crumb. The sprinkler system, Joseph H. Smith. The lawnmower, John Burr. The first home security system was patented by a woman named Mary Van Britten. Um, the gas furnace, Alice Parker. We all know peanut butter, George Washington Carver. The clothes dryer was invented by George T. Sampson. Thank so, you. Thank you, Samson. Thank you, Samson. So dope. <laughs> um, also, automatic gear shift. So before Richard Spikes invented automatic gear shift, everybody needs, needed to know how to drive a stick. <laughs> I don't thank him. I wish everyone still. <laughs> Imagine how much slower. Like, it wouldn't be a bunch of craziness. You're right. Oh, it probably will. But I like to believe it wouldn't. <laughs> the ice cream scoop was invented by Alfred L. Crow. And then an honorable mention. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but we even invented the mailbox. Right. I mean, just we so dope. We created so many things. Um, so, the one that I did want to mention is uh, Otis Boykin. He invented the the pacemaker. Yes. Yeah, and that is, I, I, you know, you guys, if you have been listening to us for a while, I used to work in a nursing home. And so many um, patients there had a pacemaker. Mm. And it extended their lives. And even, even after the point where their heart would have been considered done or considered no, you know, it's not good. Mm -hmm. They they had 10, 15 more years. Because of the pacemaker. With their family, with their loved ones. Yes, because of the pacemaker. Literally, it was what kept them alive. It's literally what kept them alive. Wow. So all those event, all those inventions were great. But I really, really want to thank him. 
and uh, his invention and and everyone who cont- contributed to that. Yeah. Because, you know, when someone does something so awesome, mm-hmm. we want to thank that person. But you also have to thank their tribe. Most times they have a tribe. Some people don't. And they do it in despite of. But right. Most, most um, of the people that are successful or the people that, you know, create things or are artistic and things like that. Mm. There's always someone, you know, kind of like the wind beneath my wings yes. um, type of person <laughs> in the shadows that believed in them, encouraged them, gave them, you know, it's always that one story. If it wasn't for this one teacher that gave me the books when I couldn't. Right. You know, like, you know. <laughs> That's so, so I true. Thank those people too, you know, yeah. because without you, some of these inventions would not have happened. That's true. And, you know, this driven segment, is all about highlighting those individuals in our community um, who have made a significant impact. And because of them, you know, advances in medicine and in health and in many other areas wouldn't be where they are today. So remember to stay driven um, in your quest for, you know, great health, uh, great career, great family life. Remember to stay in the driver's seat of your life. And that's what these segments are all about. These are individuals who got in the driver's seat um, and made a commitment to something and um, got obsessive about it. You know, I was just listening to something recently where he was like, why is it okay to be passionate about something, but you can't be obsessive about it? He's like, passionate, everybody is really proud of you. Like, <laughs> look, oh God, <laughs> she true. believes in it so much. But when you get obsessed with something, people are like, are you crazy? You know, like. You're, you're too, you're, you're doing too much. Yes. Or you're, um, what is the word? Fanatic. A fanatic. I right. hate that word. Yes. Because if you really break it down, that just means you're a fan of something. Right. That just means that if I'm a fanatic about my health, I'm a huge fan about doing what I'm supposed to do about my health. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing at all. And I and you had to be obsessive to invent the pacemaker. You have to be. I you mean, absolutely have to be. And what's funny is that and we spoke we spoke about this before is that Everything we talked about the weeds, I believe in the last podcast, they don't need sunlight. They don't need to be watered. They don't need, they don't need anything. Weeds just grow. Yes. The things you don't need in your life don't need a lot of water. The things that make you strong, that make you tough, that, that enhance your life, that enhance other people's life, you have to water that thing. Yes. You have to pay attention. You have to be obsessive. Yes. You have to be a fanatic about it because it needs constant watering and attention. A hundred percent. You know, things that um, build us, they don't just grow. Yes. You have to... You have to manipulate that thing. Absolutely. You have to steer it. This is not something that you can just coast along. That's right. So when people say you're a fan, you're right, I'm a fanatic. Absolutely. Like I, you're right, I'm obsessive. And if there's anything to be obsessive about, it is something that I believe in. So why wouldn't I stand firm on that thing? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. One, um, I was doing a Facebook live for uh, some company. I don't even remember, but they asked me to come on and talk about health and of course, I was talking about plant-based diet, and I knew this wasn't the audience for that, but mm-hmm. I had kind of got in my zone, <laughs> and so I was like, plus, why would you, did you know when you eat this meat and this mm-hmm. dead flesh, you absorb the spirits, and mm-hmm. then you take on some, <laughs> you know, of the personality traits of, of this meat that you have absorbed, in your, and so one girl commented like, see, that's why I don't. That's why I don't like y'all vegans and y'all vegetarian. Y'all are too extreme. You doing too much. You're, you know, you're too extreme. And I replied like instantly. I was like, if there was anything I would be extreme about, it would be my health. I was like, you only get one shot at this thing. Why wouldn't I be extreme and and obsessive and just oh, you know, about it? Like you can't be complacent about everything. So like you said, if you're gonna choose something. It's to be something that everything is riding on. Yeah. Like everything you want to do in life depends on your health. Absolutely. I remember when I used to, I sit, I used to um, get up early in the morning, like 6 a.m., kind of when the sun was just coming up. Okay. In the summertime. So it was like that, my house is hot kind of thing, but the porch is cool. And I would get up. And I would sit on the porch and I would, the, my neighborhood would just be still and quiet. And I would look at the trees and I would look at everything and I would think of, like, this is my time. 
my my ancestor has come and gone. My grandparents are older now. They've they've lived their life. They've done their thing. The the next you know few generations they they're not grown yet. Like this is my time right now. Like I'm chosen to be here right now. There's yes. some people who are even my age that didn't even live to see this day. But this is my moment to cease this moment for whatever it is. So if you want it, you why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be obsessive? Why wouldn't you pursue that thing with reckless abandon? Right? Because you really only get one shot at this thing. And I and I, when I was uh, talking to Napoleon after we recorded, he was like, you know, there's always a point in your life where you like, when I get to this age, I'm going to do this. Or when I have, once this is over and when this is done, I'll do this. He was like, you're at that place right now that you said you would do that thing when you get to, to where you are. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 right you're right, you're at, right that at that age or at that past time, it. and possibly past it. You you you. He was like you. There was a time you said, "Man, when I ain't gotta take the bus no more, and yes. I got a car." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I don't have to, you know, go to school, or when I have my own job and my own money, then I'm gonna do this. You're you you have those things now. Right. You have what you said you would need to do what you said you would do. Right. My grandmother said it best. There is never a perfect time. Never, you will never in your life get that perfect time. Yes. Because the time is always now. Mm -hmm. The time is always now. If you want to start that new business, you, you, it's always going to be something. Okay, I'm going to start the new business when I get more money. You get more money, and now you got to do this with the money. Or, oh, I can't wait to have... I wait to have my kids first. Well, now you have the kids, and now the kids you got to take them off to school, and they're and you're shuffling them around for their events. Oh, I'm gonna wait till I'm married. Well, now you're married, and now they're trying to go to college or they're trying to start their own. But like when you want everything you're gonna get is gonna come with maintenance. It's gonna come with maintenance. Yes. <laughs> Stop acting so, like this is gonna be yes. a freebie. No, it's yeah. never gonna be a perfect time. You have to create that perfect time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what these that's what these inventors did. So I mean, I, I am so grateful because I do literally feel like I wanna be a part of history. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wanna be so obsessive with this thing. I want the Black Health Academy to be Academy to be so big and so massive and to impact so many people that, you know, somebody is going to say that's why she was here. You know, what someone I mean? has already said that, but you want it to be on a more, a bigger platform is what you're saying. I want to hear it. You know, I, you know, my dream is to run somebody, run to somebody in the street who heard of me. Oh, God. <laughs> I meant to set that up for you. Like, listen, I got $50. Not heard of me. My bad. Not heard of me as in Lisa, but heard of, heard of your, the company. Yeah, I know. I get it. <laughs> And I'd be That's like, what happens? What? Definitely gonna happen. Well, it happened to me for you. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Good so times. It's getting closer. <laughs> it's definitely getting uh, closer. But let our. So are you done? Are we done with? No. Anything? Yeah. Let's because let's hop into wait, wait what? what? Oh yes. wait what? <laughs> wait what? So okay. So we talking on a. I have too many wait what's completely unrelated. <laughs> but oh my! So you know. Most people know my first company is Professionally Fit as our coaching company. And so every quarter at Professionally Fit, we offer a scholarship. Mm -hmm. So for three months, we offer complimentary nutritional coaching and personal training. You know, no matter where you are in the world, you could take advantage of the scholarship. And this past quarter, we, we normally get, you know, submissions from throughout the U.S., yeah, people in different states. Matter of fact, our last two scholars, the last one was in D.C. The one before that was in Pennsylvania. But we got a submission this quarter from mm -hmm. somebody in Africa. OK, let me keep it cool. Let me keep it cool. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I want to. I've been holding this in for about a week. I'm trying to keep my composure here because here at the Black Health Academy. <laughs> We are professionals and we don't run crazy clicking our heels up in the air. And when we get a submission from Africa, that's not a big deal. It's just the motherland. <laughs> I cannot stand you. Wow. Somebody from Africa applied to one of our scholarships. That is major. I, I saw the submission and, you know, we asked for their city and state. And I'm like, Malawi? Malawi. I'm like, what? I'm oh, just like. Luckily, I'm not in charge of this. Yes, yes, yes. It's yours. Just because you're from 
Yes, you won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got the scholarship. No, we <laughs> we gave out two though. We gave out two, but girl, yes. But she had a really good submission. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't just give out scholarships based on where you are. She did have a really good submission, and I was so moved um, that we ended up picking two people this quarter. So, but yes, we we got That's our amazing. first global applicant. Um, over at Profession- Professionally Fit. So that made me so happy. I couldn't wait to share with you oh, as my yes. way was. That's yeah. amazing. That is a major um, accomplishment, not just for Professionally Fit, not just for the Black Health, Health Academy, but you know, I know you look at it as a, a, a business standpoint and a we thing, but I, you know, I have to just say I'm proud of you as an individual for getting because I go I still go back to when it was all just and I thought I'm gonna do this camp and I'm gonna <laughs> and we're gonna go to different gyms and we're gonna and it, it has grown so tremendously and um wow and, and it's changed on so many levels and you just kept tweaking and tweaking and well, no, that won't work. This will work. This is what they want. But I'm not going to compromise this because that's what they want. This works for me because I want to get. And now it's like you, I'm not going to say mastered it, but you've mastered the art of not compromising the integrity of what you're trying to give the world and mastered getting people to see that. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I do. Because you can know what you want to give people. But getting people to know the value of what you're trying to give them and seeing what you're trying to give them for what it is, is really hard. Yes. So, man, shout out to the Black Health Academy, to you and to Professionally Thank Fit. you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's amazing. That yeah. Absolutely amazing. Now, now, I had to wait. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my little mini second one. It's just funny. So shout out to all the graduates of class of 2017 who graduated this December from university. So proud of you guys. My cousin just graduated from the University of Michigan. Shout out to Drew. Love you, man. Um, But I was talking to a client and her friend's son is just graduated as well. Um, No, he's on his way to college, I think. He graduated from high school. Whatever happened, (laughs) he's autistic. Mm -hmm. So he's high functioning autistic. So really, really brilliant. Just no social skills. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She said one day. Her friend, uh, there was a knock at the door and it was the FBI and they're <laughs> like, hey, um, somebody here has been breaking into our database, <laughs> has been hacking into our database. And it was her son. So he's been hacking into the FBI database, <laughs> but he didn't know it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally came out the back room like, hey, you know, like not like running out the jumping out the window, right? But, yeah, been doing that for right. a year now. Came out the fun. back room like, mom, so who's here? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he been hacking into the FBI database, right? And he won't stop hacking into the FBI. So they came, <laughs> they came back. One day and took all the electronics out the house, the computer, the cell phones. They're not allowed to have anything that can access the Internet in the house. So the mom has to go next door to use the <laughs> to use the neighbor's phone. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> because it's, it's like, so hey, it's listen. so harmless. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He's just brilliant. And so the FBI, (laughs) the FBI came, took all the electronics out the house, took the cell phones out the house. So the mom is all embarrassed and she's, you know, but this is the cool part about it. They took everything out the house. They, um, but he, you know, whatever. But I guess they thought about it. And they came back and offered him a job. Wow. They were like, listen, we're going to pay for you to go to university and then we want you to come work for us. <laughs> but the story was like, wait, what? It was so 
funny. I mean, this is just a regular working mom. I think they live out in like Inkster <laughs> and or she something. Can't be that, she can't be mad at him because it's like, it's my son. He brilliant. We've been doing, he, you know, I'm pretty sure he been into stuff like this forever. He just loved being on the computer and he just literally hacking into the FBI database <laughs> from their little house on the from block. kind of his heart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. And because I asked my client, I'm like, well, did he steal any information or reveal anything she's like no when we ask him what he's doing he say just looking around (laughs) 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 just hanging out i'm just hanging out oh my god but (laughs) you're gonna turn our whole life upset (laughs) i didn't realize how funny it was until i started telling you but uh, I was, I was like, oh my goodness! Come on back, not even <laughs> When I say ignorance really is bliss, yeah, for him, yeah, <laughs> right. And the FBI just frustrated. And I'm sure once they meet him, they're like, this kid is literally harmless. But right. you are causing everybody in the office a problem. <laughs> our system is being breached every day. <laughs> we got our best guys on this and we couldn't figure out. We know, no, we know exactly who it is. No, right. yes. He's not hiding. No, no, not at all. No, he's standing right here <laughs> eating a popsicle. We don't <laughs> we don't know what in the world. So Hilarious. that was my other way. What? Like, what in the devil? I love it. I love it. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll go on with my wait what <laughs> you didn't shame me with two wait what <laughs> oh my goodness okay so um <laughs> <we're> still... <laughs> okay I'm done I'm done go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no, actually hilarious he said with a popsicle no <laughs> me laughing it's not me it's you okay okay i'm done don't look at me don't look at me i'm moving past my way what that's it so the other part of the segment we're gonna no, talk about i want to hear your way what it's not good it's not really that interesting to be honest that was so disappointing sorry but what inspired the second part of the podcast <laughs> popsicle i'm sorry you can't can't be we speak about duality like you can have both best of both worlds that's just too much and you cannot be hacking the fbi FBI and and completely innocent innocent. right like come on harmless hard for us harmless anytime they offer you a full ride on education to come work for them yes like we're not gonna win this this kid literally has no clue of his abilities (sighs) anyway so what um inspired the second half of this podcast about we're going to um, discuss, you know, being in control of your feelings and also compart- compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I'm huge. I'm a huge believer in compartmentalizing things in your life, especially your headspace. Yes. I am not talking about your home. We all know that mm-hmm. we need to put the, the food in the refrigerator and, and the stuff in the cabinets and the clothes in the room. Of course, everything has its own space when it comes to that. Why do we know that? But we don't know that we need to do the same thing with our thoughts and our feelings. Like a lot of times we're, we're, we, we grow up with this thing of spread. We, we spread ourselves too thin. Yes. With our, with our thoughts. I, I don't know a better way to put it. For instance, if there's something going on at home or you'll take it to work with you mm-hmm. instead of leaving it at home where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Or if you're having a problem at work, you bring it home with you instead of leaving it at work. Yes. Prime example, I was at work today and the girl at my job was having an issue with her man. And instead of, you know, dealing with that when she got home, she was mad the whole entire day. 
and I was just sitting there thinking like, you are a beautiful girl, beautiful, um, beautiful personality. But this whole day you've been sitting there frowning, upset, going back to the hallway, you know, arguing with him coming back. And I'm thinking like, you've literally, it's almost like she leased this day to him. Like today is your day. It's not <laughs> mine. Mm -hmm. It's yours. I'm giving this day to you. I guess I'll take it back over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I was just, I wanted to tell her so bad, like you're giving this thing way too much power. Yeah. I'm not trying to minimize um, your your problems. I'm, I, and she told me the issue. And the issue was really something that I would have been very upset about. But the thing is, is that never give anything, especially negativity, that much power. Agreed. I've been through a lot, of, especially with, uh, you know, my kid, like it's, it's just, it would stress me so bad with like the schooling and trying to get him the proper help he needed. And I would feel my whole body under stress. And, and I had to say, you know what, right now mm -hmm. is a, at this point you can't do, he's at school right now. Yeah. You're not even with him right now, but yet you're stressing over something that you can do nothing about at this present moment. Right. And when you can do something about it, there's no even there's no need to stress. You need to be working on resolving whatever issue it is instead of stressing about it. Yes. And I know that it's unrealistic to think like you won't worry, you won't stress. That comes along with just living and being an adult. But what I'm saying is giving it too much power. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think that's what most of us do is we do give our power away to um, problems, to issues, to, you know, turbulence in our lives. Um, we give, like you said, we give it our entire day. Right. We give it quality time that we're supposed to be spending with our children mm -hmm. or our loved ones. We give our problems way more real estate than they deserve. Absolutely. And so... Um, when you when you think about how how that affects not only other people in your lives, when you when you think about how that literally affects your health, I don't think most people understand how intimacy and connections and the breakdown of relationships takes a physical toll on your body. Okay. Um, yeah, it takes. It, it's been proven on your lymphatic system, on your immune system. No, I don't mean like that it's not true. I mean, you think people don't understand. I think they do because. Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think most people understand you that. Feel it. You feel it. I can feel literally when someone makes me so I can feel it in my stomach. Like I can feel the tension and the stress. Oh, oh maybe sometimes because some people get chest pains, you know, yeah. you, but, oh, but, but if you chronically live in a state where you worry or you have, if you're uh, in a long-term dysfunctional relationship with someone, <clears throat> that manifests in other ways too. You might start putting it on weight over time, something mm -hmm. like that. Right. And you just look up uh, two years into this relationship and you're 50 pounds heavier for example, right. and you, you know, or now you've slowly developed hypertension over my, so yeah, sometimes you feel instantaneous things. You get an instant headache, you get chest pains, you know, things start seizing up, but there's things that happen over time because some people stay in chronic situations where they're battling a tumultuous relationship with a parent, a child, a friend, you know, and so that literally will break you down. Absolutely. And Another thing about the, these type of relationships is when you're in, when you're dealing with those type of relationships, you overlook the things that you should be doing for yourself. So you you have to deal with, you know, that toxic part of that relationship. But now you're ignoring the good things you should be doing as well. Like, for instance, if you weren't dealing, say you weren't in this bad relationship, maybe you would be going out with your friends more, mm -hmm. or maybe you would be enjoying uh, going to the movies more or spending quality time with your kid. Like sometimes when people have a bad relationship, they want it to work so bad that they would give the toxic relationship more energy and pull away from the positive things going on in the Oh, lives. more often than not, we give way more energy to negativity, even if it's not our own. Right. We love the ne negativity around celebrity gossip and things mm -hmm. that are going on. People thrive on, you know, 
Trump's, mm. you know, presidency. Like people get heated about that. I am so glad you brought that up. This is, I guess this can be labeled a pet peeve. I guess mm-hmm. you can label it a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. This is so popular that it, it makes me mad. <laughs> so many people harp on Trump being the president. What he's doing, what he's not doing, what he said, what he didn't say, because it gives them power to talk about something that's unreachable. You, it gives you power to talk about something you can't do anything about. You talk about a president that, that's basically untouchable to you. You talk about um, his things he's done. You want to address things that you, you've already voted. Right. You, whatever, whoever you vote for, it, whatever happened, happened. Right. Instead of talking about the things that you can do something about. Like, it's, it's like at your job when you complain about, um, oh, they, we, we only got 30-minute breaks today. We only got 30, we, I hate that we only have 30 minute breaks. Instead of talking about something that you can actually change, right. something that you have power over. Yes. It makes people feel powerful to <clears throat> complain. That's what I'm really trying to say. It, it makes does. them feel like they're making a change. If I complain mm-hmm. about the president and what he's doing, it makes me feel like I'm actually doing some patriotic duty to my country or I'm actually someone who has some type of... Do you get what I'm saying? I do. You know you can't change anything <clears throat> by complaining. Why don't you no, they don't know that. or something in they don't know that. community? They don't know Why that. Why don't you do People something? believe that they are in the business of oh, spreading awareness. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- a lot of people believe it's their, you know, it, they are doing... Civil duty. They are making comport- a significant contribution... By sharing. By sharing. By spreading awareness. Oh, God. It irritates me. Oh, yeah. Trump gonna be... Like, <clears throat> I, you, are, you will not hear me talking about something that I have, very, I have no power over. It's too much stuff that I do have power over that I need to work on. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> I have so many things I need to work on and develop that I have power over. Absolutely. Instead of talking about something, I have zero zilch. And when you do, and I know someone's going to be thinking, when you do have power, you can vote. Well, when the time comes to vote, vote. But until then, work on your what you can change. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not telling you where you can implement change as far as, you know, the president or whatever, voting. But what I'm saying is in the meantime, there's so many things to work on mm-hmm. with you and yours. Yep. That there's no need to focus on something so far away. It will not impact any part of your life by complaining about it or venting about it constantly. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I think it's Tavis Smiley or some radio host or Roland Martin. I can't remember, but I've heard him say a couple of times talking about how like, Change in the world starts by, you know, in the U.S. starts with the states. But then, you know, from the states, you have to go to the cities. And then from cities, you have to go to the neighborhoods. But to get to neighborhoods, you got to go to the blocks. But to get on the blocks, you got to go into homes. And he just breaks it all the way down. And he's like, you have to start in your home, in your space. You know what I mean? And then you can build from there. You're not making um, a significant impact. By, you know, posting, by complaining at your job about something going on in the world. Um, it, yes, it's important to have conversations with other individuals who don't share your opinion. And maybe you will get that one person to see things from your point of view. But essentially what most of us are doing is we're using social media or even, you know, circles that we get into as our jobs. What they really serve us as a for a, as an echo chamber for what you already believe. Mm-hmm. Most of us are surrounded by people who think like us already. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to, because it's crazy, you can create on social media or any other arena an uh, environment in which you're right, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like whatever you believe in, you can purchase an ad or you can basically buy real estate on the internet to support whatever you believe. You can start a blog for it. You can start a website for it. You can start a movement or a petition around it. And if you believe it, you're going to get enough people to get in your tribe to get to, to reinforce your belief system. 
So <clears throat> when that's all most people want, they want to be told that they're right. They want to be agreed with. Mm -hmm. That's what most people want. Most people want people to see their point of view, mm -hmm. even if they don't adopt it. Just acknowledge me. Just tell me you get me. That's what most people want. And so that's unfortunately, I think that's what most people are after versus significant change or impact. So it's it's a it's a term for this. It's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know that's not it, but it's almost, I, I can't think of the term, but it's like you, um, like when I was telling you before, like how it's your crutch, like when you're sick so long mm -hmm. that you don't want to be unsick because you've, you've used this for so long. So like, how does a person come out of being a person that just screams, um, Bloody Mary on everything. Yeah, and, and with no action. It's like, this is who I am. I don't really do anything. I just, <laughs> yes. You're trying to change the whole foundation. Like, of my... What would I do with life without my diabetes? I have right. nothing to complain about. I have, like you said, no excuse for not doing anything I want to do because like, if I just took away your diabetes right now, if I took away your hypertension right now, if I took away your chronic pain right now, what would you do? What would you have to live for? And that almost sounds ridiculous. It like, almost sounds everything. ridiculous. Yeah. But because I've been so um, exposed to this lifestyle with people very close to me, I know what it looks like. I know exactly what it looks like for a person to almost need this 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 crutch. Yes. Yeah. Because without it, I'm. My, the expectations are raised for me, and I don't want to. That's rise. exactly it. I don't want to rise to those expectations. That if, if, I, if it turns out that I'm able-bodied, if I'm able-minded, if I know how to uh, leave toxic relationships, if it comes out that I can do that, that that's possible, that that's within me, and if I do that, like you said, now the world expects more of me. And you can even take it to parents. The kids always know the parent that will get things done. They always know the parent who, if I go to this one, I'm going to get, okay, I got a trip coming up on the 15th. I need $10 for this, and I need my band uniform. And remember, it could be two parents in the household <laughs> every day. But I'm going to go to the one because you create you create that, oh, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not, uh, not going to rise to the occasion. That parent has that, and then the other parent has the. I got. I have it. I have it under. So the ex. The bar is set. The bar is set, and some people want to keep that bar right where it is. <laughs> right. You know. You know. If you tell me you need to, I'm gonna forget. Right. So I don't need you asking keep, more of me. I'm gonna keep the expectations right here. Yes. I'm forgetful. You know. I whatever whatever your excuse is, so that. Don't ask this. I mean, just like it's almost like someone with no car. You're not if you don't have a car, no one's gonna say yeah, they need a ride. Yeah, right, absolutely. No one's going to inconvenience you or mm -hmm. make you have to do more than what you've already been doing. So the the point the point is look deep inside yourself and see if there's certain layers you can shake off. What can you shake off? My one of the things I gave up today is procrastination. And I'm going to go to the light. I've committed to this this morning. Just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> going to the library, getting a book about procrastination and execution. Mm. And they rarely, they, they are so interchangeable, but we don't really, I never put them together. Yeah, I usually put procrastination over here and execution over here. I need to execute on this more. Or I need to stop procrastinating. Right. But it's kind it's it's almost a marriage. You need to stop procrastinating so you can execute. Absolutely. And I believe I don't know what comes first. Did you because you're such a procrastinator, you you lack execution? Mm hmm Or because you lack execution, you feel this need to procrastinate because you because you're not gonna get it done anyway. So either way, mm -hmm. they go hand in hand. And yep. that's one of the things that I've committed to working on is working on my procrastination, working on execution and seeing which one of those things, possibly both mm -hmm. equally, um, 
will, will elevate me higher. Yeah. Because I can't lean on the excuse of I'm forgetful or whatever the case may be. You have an opportunity. I have an opportunity. And please don't think when we say you, we're just talking about you all. I'm included in a lot of things that I say. Absolutely. Um, I'm the example of some of the things that I say. It's not a you all fingers pointed out. I'm, we're in this thing together. There's, if, as a matter of fact, if there's something about you that you don't feel you need to work on, that means I feel like you become lazy with self-development. Oh, yeah. So it's not, um, it's not a bad thing to feel like you need to work on yourself. That's an absolute good thing. And I always want to have something to work on. Always. Yeah. Or even improve on. That's the fun part. That is definitely the fun part. It's really the fun part because we always look back and be like, wow. Like when we say things or we acknowledge things that we do now or that we believe in now, we always look back like, wow, look at us just being mature right. and changing. Like it's an amazing feeling to um, to grow and to, you know, practice self-development. And so I think, you know, this was a really good topic because getting out of your feelings um, and doing what needs to be done regardless of how you feel or what's plaguing you in that moment or in your life Mm -hmm. is crucial to development, especially with regard to health, because you have to show up in ways that other people aren't showing up in order to achieve the things that, quite frankly, 80% of people don't achieve ever. And another thing, and this is a really hard thing, Showing up in a way people don't expect you to show up. Because once you start being around people so long, oh, that person's always late. Oh, that person. Mm-hmm. And you almost get a pass. Yes. You almost get a pass. Oh, that's just how they are. And it makes you, and it's it's a enabling thing. Like, oh, they know. And it's, if you're a person... That's used to doing that. And then the people around you are used to you doing that. Who's going to stop the behavior? Right. You have to be so self-aware. Oh, you have to be a self-starter. That's so true. Because we teach people who we are. Right. And so they're like, hey, like you said, she's always late. We're not expecting much she's out of her. She's always blunt. She's always rude. She's, all, I mean, it could go Oh, on she never has on. the money. We know she's not going to go on the trip. I mean, it could be anything like we already know. So you're right. If you don't, you've trained people to expect these things from you, who is going to correct the behavior? Course correction is all on you. It always is. And so um, instead of finding a reason to complain or wallow in life's occurrences, you have to be able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps um, and not be led by your feelings or emotions, but be led by your goals and your motives for that day, for that hour. Um, and I think one of the hardest things to do is work beside your emotions. 100 It's one of the hardest <laughs> your things. Your emotions are definitely, can be the ringleader. Like, I'm controlling this. Yes. I'm controlling so what's often. going to happen and what's not Absolutely. going to happen. Absolutely. So, yeah, you definitely have to have a strong sense of... Um, like a strong sense of purpose and Mm -hmm. a strong sense of direction. Mm -hmm. So when your emotions do try to sidetrack, you know exactly what you're meant to do and how you're going to do it. Yes. Yeah. I think we're going to, um, I was thinking about this recently. Now I'm definitely going to, um, do a masterclass in the Academy in our school in our mental health school, sci-fi psychological fitness about emotional IQ. Emotional IQ has become really popular over the last several years. And it's just, you know, about being tuned in, not only to yours, but other uh-huh. people's and how to deal with them. Um, and so having a high emotional IQ is one of the most beneficial um, things you can have, one of the most beneficial qualities you can have. And so I think we're going to talk a little more about that inside the academy. So if you're interested in that, um, make sure you start following us and, and we're going to post about that because it, it's one of those things where you can have intellect, mm-hmm. you know, and there's there's learned behaviors, but this requires more instinct. And it's, you know, it makes a, a big difference. So I think we're going to do a masterclass on emotional IQ because yeah, you're right. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. Too many people are just led by emotion and it can be extremely detrimental and it halts productivity 
far too often. Absolutely. Far too often. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode on in the here in the Black Health Academy podcast. New episode every two weeks. We hope your 2018 is off to an amazing start. If you've made a resolution to get your health together this year, making a commitment to get off of medications, to get your family members off of medications, to lose weight, to feel better about the skin you're in, to improve your quality of life, to be surrounded um, and create a network of people that look like you and sound like you and have shared some of the same experiences as you, then please join us over at the Black Health Academy. That's the blackhealthacademy.com. And we're the Black Health Academy on Instagram and Facebook. Inside the Black Health Academy, we have three schools and one master school. The master school holds all of our master classes where we sit down with health and wellness professionals and talk about everything from mental health to obesity. And then also we have Plank You, where we house all of our workouts. Plant You is our plant-based nutritional school. And then Sci-Fi, which focuses on psychological and emotional health. So again, that's the blackhealthacademy.com. So as always, guys, we're going to get out of here um, on our uh, Black Health Academy pledge, which we take every time right at the end of this podcast. If you um, need kind of a mantra to recite, if you need something to remind yourself why you should keep going every single time, every single day, maybe you need it at, at every meal, a reminder as to why you should keep going, then make sure you download and post up this Pledge. We've already had some people do it in the academy and we've got some great feedback with them telling us how exceptionally helpful it has been. Um, Jay, you still not going to hit us with that weight what? You going to keep that to yourself? Should I hit the weight what? I kind of feel like you cheated us today. Okay, really quick. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a big thing. I just started a new um, at a new company and it's like a really big deal because I I work with like thirty year olds, twenty seven year olds, and and they were really really shocked that I was forty. Like, oh my god, you 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 are absolute like I like forty's not old, but you are so beautiful. And I can't believe that you're forty. I can't. I don't see it. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm forty. Whatever, whatever. And so um, part of my job is when someone calls um, about their. Um, their insurance or anything medical, I have to verify that they are who they say they are. So I'll ask their age, their, I mean, their, their birthday and certain things. So a lady, um, she called in and she was like, I just have some questions, um, about my bill. And so I said, okay, please verify your birthday. Now Mm -hmm. this lady sounds like she was about maybe about 40, 45. Okay. Tops. And she verified her birthday is like 1932, 1934, something like that. Okay. And so that's I'm like, older than 45. <laughs> definitely older than 45. So I was like, okay, this is absolutely, and I already knew what it was. It was her daughter, but she, her daughter didn't feel like the nonsense of trying to get a HIPAA agreement faxed to me oh. so that I can speak to her. So she's like, I'm about to cut the nonsense. I'm going to pretend like I'm my mom, basically. Got you. Okay. So. Uh, so she's like, yeah, 1932, just real. Something I would do, like, right. prove it. Prove I'm not me. Right. <laughs> you don't know. So she's like, yeah, 1930, you know, four. She said the uh, her birthday, the uh, the address or whatever. And so I put the phone on mute and I say to the girl next to me, I say, this is so not her. Mm-hmm. I said, this lady sounds like she's every bit of like 40 years old, but yet her birthday is in 19." like 35 or something like that. And the girl hit me with, you don't know that's not her. She could be vegan. (laughs) I said, wait, what? (laughs) You're absolutely right. I said, you know what? (laughs) We need to change the verification process. She could be. Ma'am, I'm going to need your birthday and your dietary preferences. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Here I am. She's more conscious than I am. She's like, no, I done seen you. You you, you made me a believer. <laughs> right. She's like, no, nah, you don't know what. You don't know. That could very well be her. Hey. Her diet just might be clean, fam. <laughs> I was like, you right. I need to talk to the to the manager because we need we got some steps we need to be taking. 
she could just be vegan. Wow. And here I am about to accuse her of committing fraud. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so funny because she don't know nothing about vegan. She just know me, I'm right. vegan. That's what makes it the funniest. <laughs> Now, if I had a set, it still would have been funny. But coming from somebody who's not vegan. and Oh, yeah, absolutely not vegan. And knows the benefits of this <laughs> lifestyle is priceless. She could be vegan. I say you are so correct. Wow. Yeah. 1932. Yeah. And vegan. <laughs> How may I help you? Right. <laughs> you said 1905, but vegan. How can right. I help you? <laughs> right, right, right. I knew this was you. I knew this was you. Sounding young and vibrant. <laughs> okay, let's wrap on the Black Health Academy Pledge. I think one more thing is when somebody's birthday is in like 1990 and they're not vegan, but they don't sound like old and sick. Mm -hmm. I need to question. I need to verify that. Too. Oh, it works definitely in both directions. Yeah. Like why you don't sound like you about 50. I know your birthday say 20. <laughs> you 20. <laughs> but some ain't right about this. Picture. Right. <laughs> All right. I, the, the Black, Black Health Academy. Academy Pledge to honor my mind and body with nourishment, movement, and intentional mindfulness. My health and that of my kin are among my highest priorities. I will control that which is within my control. I am the sole driver of what lays the foundation of my body, mind, soul, and spirit. I am determining that giving up is not an option. My destiny is my doing. My life depends on it. Until next time, guys, be well.